0: Live from Las Vegas,
1: the Snake Sports Talk Show with Jake Silva starts right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen,
2: we are back at it again on a, another episode live in Las Vegas on a spectacular Sunday. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show wherever and however you may be watching and listening I heart radio, Facebook, YouTube, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram are social media to like, follow, subscribe, and hit the bell button for all the notifications on future and past shows. Lots and lots to talk about as well. Still more college basketball upsets as we speak. And it's just been kind of nuts. We're getting geared up for uh, March coming around the corner. And it's just, it's just tons of fun. I love watching it almost every year. Um boy, we we had some interesting uh we had some interesting plays at least through yesterday. Um so lots to talk about from there. Tay Hopkins is going to be joining me here in just about a few minutes. Um we'll be talking a lot more about you know gearing up for the San Francisco 49ers as well. He talks uh Niners and of course, uh, the San Antonio Spurs. So you don't want to end up missing that. Um, but I do want to give at least a special shout out to um, to Sports Empire Network. So, uh, excuse me for that. So basically, I'm gonna I am a part of one of the podcast shows, which is called the New Breed Podcast, and uh, what it's basically about is it's taking a lot of these kids that are part of the NIL group and we get a chance to interview them. And now these kids are freshly uh, either in college or they are still up in high school and they're getting multiple offers. And uh, some of them have committed to certain schools. I've interviewed one player who or two players, one who had committed to Louisville and the other who uh, committed to Arizona State. And the other one, I can tell you right now, I've got Lincoln Riley focused up on this kid because I think he's going to be a future star-studded wide receiver. Um, I won't say his name only because of just how much that you know media has leaked out, but he is one of the top best receivers in the state of Texas. So watching that kid and seeing what he's got, so I and he's got multiple offers: Ole Miss, uh, Texas Tech. Uh, Arizona State and at one point you know he had USC and so it'll be interesting to see exactly how that um how that uh comes up and so um so I think it'll be interesting um to come up from here um but I do want to start with this so all right so yesterday we kind of saw the truth about the Jacksonville Jaguars in some points Right, And we also know just how good that the Chiefs
1: are. Patrick Mahomes is just incredible. And it is uh,
2: interesting where when you start to see exactly where the Chiefs are, because remember, what is the one thing that they struggle at the most? They struggle a lot with their secondaries because they know if you're, if you're one of those quarterbacks and you have the ability to throw over the top, which a lot of these AFC quarterbacks do have. But the thing about it is, is that watching Patrick Mahomes and I mean, and again, he twisted his ankle. It was on one unfortunate play. It shook him up, but it was no big deal. And the Chiefs were still able to run the offense. And by the way, Chad Henney, he's been in this league for long enough, and he's built that kind of relationship with Patrick and with Andy Reid. And he's just that kind of he's just that kind of veteran player who understands what the the assignment is. So it's not like the Chiefs were even phased in this game. And they work with multiple receivers. This is a year where they don't have Tyreek Hill and Miami got knocked out. They were still kept into the game, which I think is kind of interesting that Buffalo even kept Miami in the game, but Tyreek Hill's eliminated. And so it just tells you a lot about the formula about the Kansas City Chiefs. They're just the kind that they're going to throw to nine, 10 different receivers. Now it is unfortunate. They are losing Clyde Edwards, Hilaire to that injury. um, But at the same time, it doesn't change the way that the Chiefs and how Andy Reid has played a lot of his offense. By the way, do you know Andy Reid now has 10 playoff wins in two organizations he's played for or he's coached for? The Chiefs and the Eagles both have 10 playoff wins under him as a head coach. I mean, it's insane. And I know we talk an awful lot about Bill Belichick and a lot of really great coaches, but Andy Reed is just that type of pioneer coach that he's very creative on offense. I know a lot of us talk about Eric B enemy all the time because of when is he going to get a job? When is he going to end up getting a lot of this stuff? Sometimes you kind of have to look behind closed doors to seeing exactly what is it that they're talking about? Because B. enemy you think he's it's easy for him to walk away from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid that quick? I mean, the only truth that we saw is that Josh McDaniels right now, he's got a second chance with the Raiders, but we saw how that ended up in Denver and then all he is is, is just the coordinator under Bill Belichick. So, it's and it's it's really tough. Now, I will say there there has been Uh, a little bit of a change to Steve Spagnolo's defense. I used to love watching him when he was a defensive coordinator with uh, Tom Coughlin and the Giants, and I thought that his defense with Justin Tuck, Michael Strahan, um, Kiwanuka, and a lot of those players on New York's defense was actually pretty impressive, and he knew how to run that defense. So watching him now in Kansas City, I don't know. They might be looking for another D.C., but... All in all, Kansas City just is that good situationally that even if Patrick Mahomes, and you saw the frustration on the sideline, he didn't want to go up into the locker room. And sometimes it is that pride that kicks in with a lot of these players. But it tells you a lot about how great these players are. And Patrick Mahomes is just a one of a kind. You just have to see it to believe it itself. And I think he is truthfully built that kind of bridge that the chiefs, they're not that easy of a team to knock out. Now it is unfortunate. And it's, as I've said before, because if the chargers had not choked and they have not blown that 27 point lead against the Jags, do you honestly and truthfully think that a third time the chiefs would be successful? I mean, but Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, it's a fun rivalry from there. It's fun watching both those quarterbacks go at it. But watching Trevor Lawrence, and here's the crazy part. You know his stat? The Jags are 2-12 when Trevor Lawrence throws a pick. Don't you know that? So you gotta keep, you gotta keep everything clean for Trevor Lawrence to even stay in the game. Which is honestly unbelievable. And so. I do love Trevor Lawrence, and I do love Doug Peterson, and I do think the Jags are building something great. By the way, any of you remember that they acquired Calvin Ridley in that trade? It was not even talked about. Calvin Ridley was suspended for the year, but he's going to be available next year. Could you imagine the offense? Calvin Ridley, the one, Kirk um, Christian Kirk, the two, and then Zay Jones and several wide receivers, Jacksonville's going to be built up differently. And I kind of think they may be my favorites to win the AFC South next year. Because watching them and watching the defense, now the defense needs a little help, and so does the offensive line. But I truthfully think that Jacksonville, they're going to be built for something really, really special. By the time Calvin Ridley is healthy and he's ready to roll off his suspension, and then the rest of the offense flowing with him, keep an eye on Jacksonville. They're going to be an interesting team in the AFC. But as we've said, it's five, possibly six quarterbacks in this league, in the AFC, that are just that damn good. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, and Lamar Jackson. That's it. And there's high expectations for every single one of those quarterbacks. But, I mean, you watch it. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, great talent. And by the way, that is the first time in Trevor Lawrence's career he has lost on a Saturday. So <laughs> hard to really, you know, bet against Kansas City in, place in, in games like that where they are at home, they are comfortable in Arrowhead, and it's really, really difficult to play under... That immense amount of pressure, it is, and it was snowing. It was pouring down snow. So, and by the way, I think they really have found their their running back in Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, that kid is a stud. Fast feet. He's quick, and he's somebody that could honestly get open in any spots. So, and again, he's he's a seventh round talent from Rutgers. So, there is a lot of positivity that you see with. Kansas City and they're just expendable hard to really you know compete and play with this team but if you look at it I mean this is the pathway right now and I look at every single one of the teams in a lot of their struggles Trevor Lawrence he's 2-12 and 12 when he throws a pick you know, one only one big win was that 27 point choker from the Chargers and then there's the Bills who they're struggling on offensive line they're very Josh, uh, Josh Allen reliant and then there's Cincinnati, who today, they've lost two of their top offensive linemen. Not that easy to be recovered from. Now, I know a lot of people will say, well, Joe Burrow went into the Super Bowl without an offensive line. That's true. But sometimes you just got to have it on those points to where you have enough time to throw in the pocket and make those plays. All right. So um, (laughs) I love talking sports with him as well. And he's a diehard San Francisco 49ers fan. Um, also does talk a lot about the San Antonio Spurs and um, very, very knowledgeable, very much the guy that we love talking with. And I've known him for a long time from the other place as well. So joining me live via the global satellite network in the stream yard is my good friend, A Hopkins, A Rock Sports. All right, hopefully, he's hopping on. Hey, Ted, t- t- can you hear me? All right, let me see if I can message him real quick. All right. Yeah, I think he might have I think he might have ended up I don't know if he fell asleep or something, but Yeah, let me just make a few adjustments here folks.
1: All right. Like that.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think he might have fallen asleep up on me. Well oh, there he is.
3: There he is.
2: <laughs> What's going on, today? I you fell asleep on me, man.
3: <laughs> no, my phone, no, my phone had froze.
2: Oh, no worries, man. All right. So um, all right, so the Niners, so they're playing today. And um, and it's a tough matchup because, of course, last week they played against uh Seattle. It seemed like it was a pretty rocky start from the first half. And by the time the second half came around, Brock Purdy was just pumped the defense he played. Really, really good. Um, so, it comes Dallas. They just completely mobbed Tampa Bay uh, on the Monday night. And their defense, they're going to be coming in. Michael Carson, uh, Trayvon Diggs, they're going to bring some pressure to Brock Purdy. Um, How would you evaluate this game, knowing that Brock Purdy, being a rookie quarterback, and just really kind of taking this playoff games by storm with Kyle Shanahan. Is there some part of him that there's a confidence level, even in a tough opponent, that Brock Birdie is going to be able to shine and learn from what he had from uh, last week's game against the Seahawks?
3: I'm going to say this. Purdy just got to keep doing what he's doing. This man just running the offense the best way Kyle Shanahan is calling the plays. He just got to execute. That's the only thing he has to keep doing. Because as, as long as he, since he's since he been out, that's all he's been doing is executing. Getting everybody who, who gets the ball, gets the ball. He, he doesn't really make – in the six games, he hasn't really made really, really any mistakes like that. And you could say we didn't play nobody. We didn't, A lot of teams didn't play a lot of good teams this year. So it, that, that, that really doesn't mean anything. My thing is, by him winning that first playoff game gave him confidence because there's not too many rookies that can step in that position on, I'm saying, and, and come to the NFL and just win a playoff game just like that. Just like that. Like People was trying to give him arguably rookie of the year just because. It's too late. I'm not expecting him to get it. But as long as Brock Purdy keep his poise like he's been doing, keep his cool, we're going to have the run game. That's going to help him out. Yeah. No, and, yeah, the screenplay, the screenplays—that's gonna help him out. And then when you give him time, you see he can throw the ball down the field. Yeah.
1: So oh, yeah, and he's very accurate once he throws downfield.
3: And now, but the thing is, like I said, as long as he don't make mistakes, okay, maybe he might he might throw one. We still got the defense to come back if he throws a t- if he if he throws an interception, cool. But Nick Bosa is going up against a rookie tackle. Mm-hmm. Micah Parsons got to go up and see Trent Williams Debo big brother so Purdy's going to have time to do something I feel like Kyle Shanahan and and the 49ers have been scouting the Cowboys because I, I think they already felt like they was going to play them I felt they, they already knew they was the Cowboys was going to be Tampa so we've been kind of scouting the Cowboys for a minute we know it's not a light game this no, we know it's not an easy game we went into their house last year beat them they trying to do the same thing to us I'm not really that stressed because it's the Cowboys. Like Stephen, they say, accident always waiting to happen. But like I said, this is going to be, I don't think Deck is going to have the same good game he had against Tampa because you're going against, you're going up against the number one defense. And let me say this right now while I'm on air commentators, please get it right. It's either the Eagles have the number one defense or the 49ers because they keep going back and forth. Which one has it? Because last night I heard on the game on the Eagles game, the Eagles had the number one defense. Now we're saying we have the number one defense. That's why I want to see the Niners versus the Eagles because I want to see the best against the defense. I don't want to see another NFC East matchup. I want to see the best play the best to get the right to go to the Super Bowl. That's what I want to see. And I feel like that's what the world should want to see. We don't want to see another Cowboy Eagles game for the third time. We just seen the Giants game like that. No. Only thing the Niners had to do is play their game. Defense, don't let up. We got the score. Kyle, I'm telling you now, we got the lead. Do not let up. Keep going to score. That's the only way we're going to win this game because Dallas can score. They can score. But back to Purdy, long as Purdy play his, like like whatever plays he called as long, long as Purdy play and not throw these stupid passes and throw this balls that's just I think the first game in Seattle, he was just nervous in his first playoff game, so he threw a kind of a couple bad passes at first because he was nervous. But then once he got settled in, you seen that offense? It's like the floodgates flew open. And then once yeah. you know, you know, once uh, Abrams grabbed Debo Leg, and then it all all hell broke loose.
2: Oh yeah,
1: you
3: don't you don't want to make them mad because once they get mad, they, they're gonna put points up on. you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and and that was one of the big things. Yeah. <laughs>
3: And people, people better watch out for George Kittle. Mm. People not talking about George Kittle. He's going up and trying to tell you, I get most likely George Kittle is going to score today. He's going to, he's going to score. I, I got, I got C. Mac going for hundred yards. I don't see Zeke or Tony Pollard getting seventy yards a piece, but yeah. together they might yeah. can get it yeah. together because we haven't allowed a seventy, a one seventy yard rusher all season. So maybe together they can get seventy yards, but I don't see both of them. Now Pollard, that's the one I'm more scary of, because Pollard, cause he's like he's like a smaller version, he's like a different version of Christian McCaffrey, cause he could catch and he's explosive when he run the ball and he's kind of strong. So Tony Pollard is the one that I'm really scared of more than Zeke, cause Zeke he more like a, I call him like the red hair, red hair red zone player now because he, he he don't have that burst in him from what I have seen him. He like like yeah, he got too big. But we yeah. got Elijah Mitchell back. We got C-Mac, and we got Debo in the backfield. So, and we got uh, another guy. I, f- I keep forgetting this other guy. He don't play that much, but don't right. I hard times. Hard times. Hard
1: times. I was, I was
3: just going to Brandon Ayuk. I, I said I was just going. I'm mad he dropped that touchdown last week though, because Birdie, because Purdy stuck that on him. How many rookie quarterbacks is really going to stop in a dime like that and then throw that in the corner in the end zone? That's hard. That is all hard, all really difficult. But you got to think this man been practicing against the number one defense all year. Yeah, yeah. He been practicing against them all year, so he 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 knows what pressure is going to feel like. And you got Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, you got Eric Armstead coming at you, so you already seeing what that kind of pressure is like. So for for you know what I'm saying, but Lawrence and and and, and Parsons and all them, oh, they go they're going to come for Purdy. I know. I just want to see what he does under pressure.
1: Yeah. We had. Teams.
2: Yeah. Go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And you got to. And think, you got so to because. Because I
1: mean, here's mean, the funny here's thing. Here's the funny you're facing, off, you're facing off, once again, once again, from last, from last year, where, where, yeah, you go, and into, you Dallas, go into Dallas and, and all, it all it took was one, play one play. Yeah. And that, and press, and press, that press decided to, to run, to the, run football, the football, ran the, clock, ran the clock, and it's like, like where's the clock Where's the clock? From there? From there? Now, now, it is going to be, a a going to be because, of because, of because of the fact, of the fact, fact that you Garoppolo watching raised up power. Now here's My honesty, he's got I also do he can run out the more than the Garoppolo Um. But my big, well, my thing, big, because Dallas, Dallas from Dallas last from week, Dak threw for, for five touchdowns, and it's like, and great, it's like great. But here's the thing, here's the thing. Dallas, when Dallas, they when come they back come for line, a line, they're all 13. They kind of fall apart in this area. area. It's, it's like they've got to be successful, successful in the run. That's, That's difficult to difficult do. they got a front line a front like Sam just, just, just goes to bust through and, and get a few yards, yards on the ground. So watching, watching this and and just kind of seeing how will the offense go and how strong it can be to get certain spots. I'm almost thinking I'm almost I think, thinking, will, be I think will be a close I got the 49 this game. Game. Taking the points. Um, um, I think it might be a 28 um, 28, 20, 24 a game. I honestly need the flow for the, for the 49ers, and Would it be would like a last year was just one right possession right possession possession
3: that a Technically, I want to see them smash the Cowboys, but that's not reality. It's not reality, I want to see them. I want to see them beat them like 40 to 14, but that, that's not reality. I see a close game too, like 28 24 or 28 21. I don't see them blowing the Cowboys out now. We, now, for some odd reason, if they if it happens to be like last week and there's close games in the second half, they just do what they do. I, I, I didn't call that, but I feel like the I feel like this Brock Purdy. I feel like since he got that first one out the way, I don't think he's going to come out too timid or like make some bad throws in the beginning. Cause I feel like he's going to be okay now, but I know Dallas is going to try to confuse him. but so the flow of the game is keep knowing we do, we run the we we run the ball perfectly well. So we're not really worrying about that because the way we are we, just not, uh, our formation just gonna run up the middle all day so we're gonna switch it up we're gonna put McCaffrey in the backfield Debo in the backfield probably have both of them in the backfield so either way Purdy is gonna have block and time to really get the ball out the way he wants to and as I feel like if we're if we're up I say by halftime save it's 14-7 by halftime if we get the ball the second half that first drive is going to be very important we we least have to get a touchdown or three points out of that. So just in case if they score, we're still up and still have the ball. As long as we can run the ball effectively, and we can put points on the board, I don't see Dallas beating us. But if I see we if we sit up here making mistakes, offsides, different things like that, giving keep giving Dallas the ball, we can lose. I'm I'm not a I'm not a biased person when it comes to a game. We can lose, but I don't. As long as long as we don't make the stupid mistakes, we'll be fine. That's that. That's the key thing right there. Cause the big games you ever you ever, you ever notice is either offsides or or rough in the pass or or, unless, or or something that causes the shift in the game. And that's what happened last week with the sack fumble and then when Abrams grabs Debo. Different certain things can shift. That's why I don't I don't like stuff like that. So as long as we can keep it physical, how we've always been keeping physical, we will be fine. Cause Fred Warner and Greenlaw and Kenlaw, they are gonna be running around that field. Now, Ty Hilton on the other side—that's going to be somebody we know nobody's really paying attention to because he could come out that slot. And now I need, I need both of the wards to get it to get it done. Hello? You Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Can, yeah,
2: uh, yeah. I, I, I truthfully think like <clears throat> with Travaris Ward, I think he's had a really, really good year this year, and. It's kind of unfortunate with um, with Kansas City. I mean, they let him walk easily, but I think he's he's really um, meshed into this defense. But by the way, how about Halifunga? I mean, I think that kid he he's something special too. Like I, and it's actually kind of interesting because I've heard from a lot of people he actually trained in the off season with Troy Polamalu, which was another really really good safety. So, um, I think watching the secondary now. I mean, I've watched Jimmy Ward now for the last couple of years. He's had some real good spurts, and then there's times where he kind of let loose on some plays, but is still managing to pick himself up. So I feel like the secondaries, because watching it, you got Ceedee Lamb, you got Michael Gallup, you got Ty, uh, Ty Hilton as well now, which I'm really interested to see how he produces in the slot as well. Um, so I would imagine for San Francisco and their secondaries, because watching Halifunga, watching both Traverius and Jimmy Ward and a bunch of these guys, I mean, all it's going to take is just you know having that precision to where they see the quarterback, they know where he's throwing, but it's like I said. I mean, if I watch that box score at the end of the game tonight and Dak's got more than 50 throws, I'm a little bit skeptical about how else that the Cowboys will be able to readjust on that, right?
3: Um, Hufunga, who, who I call him Palomalo Junior. That's what I call him because he 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 he's that he's that good of a he's that good of a safety. He could come down in the box. He could he could roam around the field. I call him I call him the the the, the, the D backs uh, secret weapon because nobody saw him coming. I knew about him last year, but I didn't really speak on him. because I, I was in my head like, just wait, I'm gonna let this man do his work first, and I'm gonna then I'm gonna speak on him. I knew about him last year from. People just talking about them. Actually, Troy Potomalo talked about them as well too. But a lot of people, a lot of people ain't see that because you know they just talking about somebody, somebody they ain't really know. But the back end, as long as we can, we don't give up big plays. That's why we cover the middle a lot. So we play. If you notice, we we a team that play a lot of man. We play zone too, but we play a lot of man because we don't want to give up the plays in the middle because that's where Dallas like to go to They like to come across the middle a lot. We don't we we don't give up the big plays. We, we'll be fine. Because if we keep, we could keep Dallas like third and eight, third and ten, or anything higher than that, we'll be fine. Well, I don't want to give Dallas third and one, third and two, even though we stop teams that's like third and one, third and two. But I would rather have to make sure they have to pass it on third and ten, or 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 or, or like third and seven, because when, when you got to drop back and pass against this defense, we take we, we tend to get interceptions. We lead the league in interceptions. The Eagles might got the sacks, but we got the interceptions. I I you know what I'm saying so. If if I feel like we could get enough pressure on deck, he's gonna make a mistake. And once he once he makes a mistake, it's like it's like sharks, it's like sharks in the water. We 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 going after everything. And if, they, if Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead can get the Deck Prescott, it's gonna be a long day. And all I wanna see on Monday is Stephen A. Smith. Coming at Michael Irvin, that's all I want to see. Plus, like I said, I want to see the Eagles versus the Niners. I want to see that matchup because you don't get to see that all the time. I want to see the best offensive line gets the best defensive line and the two offense who's going to win that game. I don't Like I said, I don't want to – long as my Niners take take care of the Cowboys, I get the matchup I want, and anybody could, – we could have all the smoke with anybody. I just know for sure that the faithful are going to win today – I don't care what Michael was talking about, Micah Parsons, and all of them. I know what I'm saying right now. The 49ers are going to win 28 21. Right now, that's my pick 28 21. If we get anything over, that's icing on the cake. Mm, ah. I love
2: that. I love that. I, I'm, I'm definitely sold up on that pick. And yeah, I, I think this is going to be a wildly entertaining game because of the fact that I love San Francisco's defense. I love the fact that, you know, Kyle Shanahan, because he's such a great play caller, that he utilizes everybody's strengths. Now I know it was kind of slow for Debo at first, because I'm like, well, let Debo be a, re- be a receiver. That's, this is why you sign him the extension. It's not for him to be that kind of running back because now you have a running back by committee. It's healthy. So now just utilize what his strengths are as a receiver. And Brandon, I at any time, he's a wild card receiver. So he can really bust through on those spots. Um, one question I want to ask before letting you go. Um, so D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator for San Francisco, he's been getting a lot of offers. Now, I used to love watching D'Amico Ryans, even at the time when he was with Philly and when he was with Houston Texans. He's getting some job offers. Now, um, San Francisco, in their 10 years of their coordinators, I mean, Mike McDaniel, he's showing that he's got really good spurts in Miami. Um, Robert Sala, he ran this defense and was really good, and now he's starting to kind of look successful. With the Jets, they're only a quarterback away. Um, Would it be possible for D'Amico Ryans? Because I think, like, if he goes to, let's say, the Texans, he's played with them, he knows the organization, knows how it runs, um, and reshapes that defense. I mean, what are some of the good things you've seen from D'Amico Ryans as far as the blueprint for the defense and how they've been able to really stop opposing offenses
3: situationally? Man... If you want to call a non-player captain of a defense, I'm going to call him the captain of a defense. This man is a true leader. You, he, don't get me wrong. It's like, okay, just hypothetically, the nine is won to Super Bowl. That's like how Mark Jackson built the Golden State Warriors and then Steve Kerr finished the project. Robert Sala started that project. Now D'Amico Ryan's got to finish it. I, I believe he's going to get a head job. I don't want to see him leave. But I I know he's I know he probably want to do a head, he he want a head coaching job I'll I'll be grateful and satisfied and happy that if, if whatever job that he gets but he's turned this defense I think a little notch higher than what solid Sala did Salah brought it together meshed it well and D'Amico Ryan gave it like this swagger and this fire under it to the point where it's hard to really beat them because if you really think about it it's only been two or three teams that scored more than seventeen points on the on the 49 it's only been the it was it was the Washington, the uh, Kansas City. when we first got CMC and the Raiders, okay, that happened. I didn't know who that quarterback was for the Raiders. He did he did something that I didn't know that was possible. I get more I get more respect for that. I ain't even mad at him. But that's why I said I not 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 to take it off the, uh, the Ryan's Real quick, that's why I said I like Purdy because that showed his resilience and how he brought them back in a tough game like that. He needed a game like that for him to for these playoffs, but back to uh, D'Amico. I feel like whatever team that picks him up, I feel like he's going to have a hand in the defense even even if he, he he is the head coach because he has that type of mindset. He's played defense. He knows what it takes to win games. I'm trying to tell you now, if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, a lot of uh, more teams probably than now are going to call for that man. They're going to call for that man. And whoever replaces him you can't. You 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 gotta came. You gotta keep the same intensity because you can't take us. That defense is the way that defense is structured is already set. Just come in and just just put your little kinks in, but don't restructure that defense. It's already set in stone how how we want to play. Just don't mess it up. So you got a Ferrari, don't crash it. Like just keep that defense together. But D'Amico, his I don't know what it is about him. He he just puts a fire under the defense. And one thing Kyle Shanahan said. It's a, it's, a, it's a quote. He said, "I he took a shot at the defense. He said, I feel like Dallas Cowboys are play, defense are playing better than ours. When I seen that quote, I knew right then and there that Miko was gonna have them boys ready for today. I never seen Kyle take a shot at the defense until I seen it. I was I was on some, I was on a 49er website. So I stay on 49er websites all day. I saw that quote, I said, wow. Never seen Kyle do that. Uh, that's that's what I know. Kyle means business now. I don't think he's going to take his foot off. If we we're up in this game, I don't think he I don't think he's going to take their foot off their neck. I don't think he's going to play conservative now. I think he's tired of playing conservative, especially the way Seattle was playing this yesterday. I mean, last week. Oh no, it's no conservative today because all I've been hearing all week is what Dallas going to do this. Dallas going to do that. Dallas going to do. Oh no, it's physical football today. We're going back to the trenches like they played in the 1980s. We're going to be hitting for real today. But D'Amico, he's the leader of that defense. He's going to make sure they all well prepared. Trust and believe. If anything, get any big plays that happen, I guarantee D'Amico Ryan is going to go over to that player and ask him, "What are you doing? Get it right. We need to win this game." And we going and then by the second half, if anything's going wrong, we're going to fix it. Because anytime we ever played in the game, the second half, our defense always steps up. We put at least five shutouts in the second half in this season, where nobody's with the opposite team didn't score. Mm-hmm. So we're we're we play to that level, we'll be just fine. I appreciate you having me on here, Jake. It's been a minute since, since the last time I was on here. But I had to come show my brother some love. You know what I'm saying? So I just wish the Chargers was still there. I don't see how Sunshine did his thing. Sunshine, like, I don't get it. But cause I would have rather see the Chargers versus the Chiefs. But, you know, it's always next year. I feel like y'all be back. Y'all definitely be back. I don't I don't see how yeah, a talented team like that won't make it back. So um, go Niners. Sorry about the Cowboys. Eagles, we'll see y'all next week.
2: <laughs> well, it's a it's a great pleasure having you on with me, Tay. Always a, it's never a dull moment at all coming up onto the show as well and talking a lot of 49ers. But yeah, hopefully with the offensive coordinator um, you know, position, they get it right. I think it I think it'll be fantastic because it's like, look, you're working with Justin Herbert, so it's gonna be a lot of fun from there. So um, no, I'm definitely pulling for the 49ers here today against the Cowboys. I honestly think it'll be a, a really fun, interesting game. And I think at the end of it, I'm going to be seeing whether it's a one possession game or, or the Niners, if they stop them all situationally, I think it's going to be theirs for the taking from that point. And then seeing a Philadelphia, San Francisco matchup in the championship. I think that's exactly what everybody wants from there. But I appreciate you coming on by my friend. Definitely take care of yourself. Where can people find you as well for a little bit more of 49ers and San Antonio Spurs content? There you
3: go. Um, you can find me on Tay Rock Talking Sports. Um, I actually post some things on my actual Facebook page, Tay Hopkins, on my Instagram page two one five Tay Rock. I post things on different different things like, like I post certain videos that I might record. Different. Well, I'm the meme guy because I, I find all types types of memes for teams, but I make videos behind the memes to explain what they are. So I do mine a little different. I'm just not the typical person. That not saying anybody's typical, but I try to find different ways to. And my followers keep coming back, so I play like little games with them, different things like quick Q and A, so different things like that. So you can find me once again on Tay Rock Talk of Sports two one five Tay Rock on Instagram and Tay Hopkins on Facebook. If you, you'll know my page on Facebook because they have Debo Samuel on his bike in the background riding into the sunset, so you'll know you you'll know my Facebook page when you see it. So, Go Niners once again. Like I said, Jake. Everybody, tune into my man Jake Show. That's Jake the Snake right there. Trust me, leave. he's one of the best doing it out here. That's my brother from another mother. Keep doing your thing. I'm proud of you. Let's go, Niners.
2: Oh, I love it. Oh, man. I love Thank it, man. So Take care of yourself. And we will definitely see what fate has in store for next week, my friend. All right. Yeah, it's a lot of fun whenever Tay Rock comes up on here. And again, you know. It was one of the best day ones from the time that I was in the other place, you know, and so having a lot of, you know, really, really good content creators, um, I mean, it was never a dull moment, but yeah, I think San Francisco situationally, I think this will be a game that they'll really put it away against Dallas, but, um, but again, I I think it'll be really, really interesting in the game. And again, I'm watching that box score because if, if in fact, um, If in fact, you know, Dak Prescott has more than 50 throws. I'm telling you that Dallas is not going to be the same team. They've got to rely on a balance between the pass and the run. And I think that's going to be extremely difficult for them moving forward. All right. So we're shifting on to another NFC team, which by the way, last night, it was an absolute no brainer, a gigantic, just blowout from the end of it. I mean, the last time we haven't seen this, it's funny last time. Was against the Minnesota Vikings that got the Eagles into the Super Bowl. So joining me, and it's been a long time coming, but my good friend who does Eagles Elite Podcast, and of course being a part of Play Callers Podcast as well, Cool McCain joining me via the Global Satellite Network, presented by Streamyard. Well, well, well. I think we can honestly say um, they didn't they didn't miss a beat last night. I felt like Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts, Like I, I put this on my Twitter. I said. Jalen Hurts has won a playoff game. Do not sham that man because that's all we want to do when we talk about quarterbacks. Like we, we did this with Lamar Jackson. Um, Trevor Lawrence now has his first playoff win. It's unfortunate with Justin Herbert, but I think his time will get his. But talking about Jalen Hurts and even for Daniel Jones winning a playoff game, I thought going into that game and I took, I took the covered points. That was my biggest mistake. I didn't think, that the Eagles were going to come out swinging like Rocky and we're just going to put the giants in their place. Um, but I thought, I mean, they were hidden on all cylinders
1: last night, right? Oh, we got a little bit of a, we got a frozen feed. Yeah, let me back him out real quick.
2: <clears throat> I'll wait till he gets himself back up and ready. Um, yeah, so basically, um, I mean, the biggest thing with the, with the San Francisco 49ers, and Brock Purdy is just that, he's just that accurate. And he's just that kind of kid. I mean, like I said, four years out of Iowa State, he's not he's not phased by anything. And he's the kind that would honestly go in and would really just really put together something special. And so I think for the offense, um, it will be really interesting because I know Micah Parsons, he's going to be coming in. Trayvon Diggs is going to be coming in, but several other Cowboys defenders, I mean, outside of those two, it'll be interesting. All right. We got the feedback here from cool McCain. So um, yeah, like I said, I think, um, It was my mistake even going with uh, the Giants, you know, to cover the points. But um, watching the Eagles, I mean, that was just – they didn't even let off the gas once at all in that game, right?
0: Yeah, man. I think um, you were saying some great things. I know I missed a few minutes of it when I had to come back in. But (laughs) um, the funny thing is we've had all these people all year, all these prognosticators, all these anti jalen Hurts fans – and some of them have been actually from the Eagles fan base, unfortunately. But we've had all these people say, oh, he hasn't done this. He hasn't done that. He hasn't done this. You can't win a playoff game until you get to the playoffs and play. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a progression for quarterbacks, right? He came in his first year. He played a couple of games. The locker room loved him over Wentz. Wentz ended up leaving. Last year, tough, really rookie season. First year, actually, you know, really being a starter. Got to the playoffs. Got embarrassed by Tom Brady and the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Progression learning. Now you're hungrier. And now you say, OK, I see what it takes to win regular season. I see what it takes to win playoffs. Now I need to go get myself better so that next year I'm where Tom Brady was last year. And I'm watching someone else walk off the field dejected because they lost to not be in my team. So that's where I at now. You know, we went out and procured one of the, in my opinion, the top 10 receivers in the league. And I'm being modest when I say 10, I really think it's five. Um, and A.J. Brown, we paired him with another great up-and-coming receiver, another real number one receiver, Devontae Smith. You know, great tight end play from us. Even when um Goddard was out, Calcaterra, you know, some other guys stepped up and uh, stole and did enough, right? Um, running backs, we have three running backs who can go out and get us yards, as you can see from the stats last night. Um, you know, Hurts is back healthy. He's not looking scared, but he is running smartly, which is all I've ever wanted from him. And 95% of the defense is back. We're only missing Avante Maddox. Every other one of our pieces defensively is finally back healthy and playing. You know, Lane Johnson is back, makes a big difference at left tackle. I mean, excuse me, right tackle. And, you know, it was just a complete uh game from the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is a team that we've done this to before when we were complete. So this is not a you know a surprise to me. Um, but I will shout out Daniel Jones because this was a guy that was under pressure every play. Every single snap that Daniel Jones took, he was under pressure. And he still attempted to make throws. He kept it in the game. There wasn't a lot he could do just because of the pressure, but he stuck in there. Um, He played hard. He didn't do a lot, but, you know, heart is big. Sometimes you need that loss. You know, like we needed it last year. You need that loss to say, okay, uh, for the organization to reevaluate and say, we need to get this guy more weapons. We need to get this guy more pieces. We need a better line. These are the things the Giants need. We knew this coming into the game. We knew this when they won last week, but we know Tampa Bay was old. Tom Brady, you know, didn't seem like the old Tom Brady that we've known forever. Um, with that situation, I just say, if I'm um, left, which I'm happy, right? Because now you get a chance to go and pick a better situation to be in. You actually did that guy a favor. But, you know, back to the Eagles, man, It's just it was just a complete needed game. Um, a lot of people doubted us. A lot of people are going to still doubt us. If we play San Francisco, they're going to say that, Uh, We can't beat San Francisco. We can only beat the Giants. Um, You know, if we play the Cowboys, it'll be the same thing. If we win that game, we get to the Super Bowl, or we can't beat anybody from the AFC. And honestly, as an Eagles fan, that's the situation I want to be in. I don't want you to say that we can win because we always play better when you doubt us. So everyone, please continue doubting us.
2: What's that saying that they say? The underdog, you know, chance. because when they – hopefully they bust that mask out right there because that was normally the the guy they had when they won in 2017. Um so it is interesting. I mean even comparing from the 17 uh, Eagles to right now's Eagles in 22. Um and it is interesting and it's funny you say that because I've said this time and time and time again about the Eagles. I felt like in 17 it was a team win rather than specifics of mm-hmm. well Nick Foles is better than Carson Wentz. I yep. I was dealing with that whole heckle like for years and I said <laughs> look, just keep drinking your beer. If I'm out in a Philly bar, I'm like, just keep drinking your beer. You have no idea what you're talking about. Um, But watching Jalen Hurts, he's progressing every week. And Mm -hmm. so watching him, and I know a lot of people were skeptical because of the shoulder, but I felt like he was was better. And even talking about the defense too, I mean, I thought big upgrades from the secondary finally was like the one thing that they needed because Darius Slay needed help. So they go Mm -hmm. get C.J. Gardner johnson and they go (laughs) and get um, a couple of other really good ones. So it's like this team, as you mentioned, very completed. And so it's like, do we kind of have a same similar feel like we did in 17 as, you know, not as just a specific player getting them over the hump, but it was more of a team effort striving out of the trenches?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely, man. It's definitely been uh, a team. Um, the one difference between this team and the 2017 team is that we don't have a big bruising back that we're using, uh, but the guys that we have are getting it done. So you know, I'm not, um, you know, saying that they they're not capable of getting it done. I'm just saying that's really the only difference that I honestly see. I think we have better wide receiver play, um, equal tight end play. I think Goddard at this point is um, almost as or as good as Ertz was, you know, back in 2017. Um, definitely, I think this defense as a whole is better. Um, right now because of avante maddox being out which is really an actual really important piece for us because he's our nickel corner he's that third corner so he's the guy that would come in and play that so what we have is we have Chauncey Gardner johnson because he can play that playing that but that takes him out of the position where he gets a lot of interceptions at strong safety but we have reed blankenship who is one of our rookies uh who's come in from middle tennessee state um and he's played well he flies all over the field and I'm not saying he has the same skill levels. So Eagles fans, if you see this, don't attack me. But he reminds me of the way he plays like a Brian Dawkins. He's just all over the place, right? He's just aggressiveness. He's hitting. Hands aren't that good, but that's okay. You know, you, you play defense. There's a reason why you play defense. Um, If you could catch really well, you'd probably be a wide receiver, right, or at least a running back. So um, I'm fine with that. But it allows everyone else to do their thing. There was a time in the year where we had to play Josiah Scott, and this is no knock on Josiah Scott, but you're not at the same level. Um, so when you were there, it changed things because these guys kind of have an understanding. Like, I, you know, you give you a certain look. Okay, I'll go deep. Uh, for instance, a lot of people talk about the Cowboys game, and the big play T.Y. Hilton had. A lot of people wanted to put that play on Darius Slayton. The play was not on Darius Slay. Darius Slay was supposed to be the underneath. Right. Josiah Scott was supposed to be over the top in that zone. So Josiah Scott undercut the zone and got in front of T.Y. Hilton. Had he got behind him as he was supposed to. Worst case scenario, he breaks up the play, But because he came under him, he gave T.Y. Hill an opportunity to make the play, and he made the play. So having that guy there that understands, let me get over the top, let me fight for the ball, let me try to get an interception or at least knock the ball down, that's going to be the difference between some of the big plays that we don't see now that we were seeing a couple of weeks ago when everybody wrote the Eagles off we lost two games with our backup quarterback. And then for Micah Parsons, uh, you asked the question early in the year, was it Jalen Hurts or was it uh, the team? I think we can resoundly say it's Jalen Hurts, sir.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, now that he's finally got a playoff win, I mean, and it's just, it's such an interesting, um, vibe because we watched Doug Peterson. Now I think he's got a great thing in Jacksonville. I think having Trevor Lawrence and like I mentioned before the show, um, they next year is I'm watching them winning that division next year because Calvin Ridley will be healthy. Um, They got Christian Kirk. They actually got a really good wide receiver uh, depth, but I think they need to fix a little of the line and some parts of defense. And I think they will be better because um, yeah. I think Tennessee is not going to be the same team unless, unless I'm telling you, I'm watching this over and over again. But if something happened were to Aaron Rodgers? I think mean, that would be a fit. And then what's to say they don't make a phone call to Arizona to get DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they could make it happen. So that's why I'm like, I think if Tennessee does this right, it's a possibility, but I just see the Jaguars winning in that division. Um, oh, yeah. And and I mean, Jalen hurts because every year and he's getting thicker, he's gotten better, and he's just somebody that's just that special to where it's different from what we saw in Carson Wentz. Because Carson was real accurate. Now, there were times where he had some accuracy issues, but I think part of that is, I don't know if it was more of just the play color from the offensive coordinator position, but... Some of those throws he made were very questionable, but now we see this Nick Sirianni is just fired up. Like he's the kind of thing you want in Philadelphia. You want somebody yes. who's fired up, who loves it when people are doubting the team, like you mentioned the underdogs. And it just feels like it's a little similar, but it's a different, um, it's a different kind of vibe. And I actually really enjoy this one than what I saw in 2017. Um, So evaluating, tonight's game between the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. Now you've played Cowboys and even with a backup quarterback, he got close to 400 passing yards. That's why I'm like, I'm watching this and Brock Purdy, a backup quarterback who's playing really accurately. And I think is there to stay for San Francisco. I'm just looking at this. And I think if they let him loose, like how they let a Gardner Minshew loose, I'm thinking that's spelling trouble for Dallas tonight.
0: Yeah, I think San Francisco is going to run the ball on quite a bit as well too. Though they're going to use McCaffrey, they're going to use um, Elijah Williams. They're going to they're going to, they're going to use a, like a three back set, and they have a big back. I think his name is Godfrey. I can't remember exactly, but he comes in late in the games, and he he's a bowling ball with feet, as he likes to say, and he's very much um, able to attack the defenses late in the game. But I think they're going to run the ball a lot. But, I mean, you're going to throw. You have George Kittle. You have Debo Samuel. You have Brandon Ayu, You're going to fire some passes. McCaffrey's going to catch the ball at the backfield some as well. So I think they're going to try to eat them at both phases of the game. And the thing is, I call this team um, one of the Yatko team teams. And what I mean after that is, these throws are 5, 10 yards, and then they're going to get it after that. Um, we do that r- really well. Miami Dolphins do that really well um, in certain situations kansas city does that well as well but those teams who can throw like the five yard screen or the five yard um out or the five yard cross or whatever and the guy can get the ball and turn it into a 20 30 yard play those guys that are real good at yak those are important when you get in these situations because a lot of times you only get a couple of real opportunities like for instance the philadelphia eagles did not capitalize on one opportunity last night and that was a deep throw to a.j brown yeah other than that we capitalized on the opportunities that were there um dallas does well we have to look at which Dallas team we're going to see. For me, there's three Dallas teams. There's a team where Dak plays well, everybody else plays pretty good, and he's able to take over a game like he did last week. There's Dak plays pretty well, but they throw the ball too much so they don't get the backs involved enough so they don't control the clock enough, which leads to a tight game or a loss that they shouldn't have. And there's a team where Dak and the team is not playing well and that does not work well for uh, the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think we'll see the, the latter. I think we'll see... For me, I think we'll see the second one. I think San Francisco is going to put enough pressure on them where they're going to feel like they need to throw a lot. Um, they're not going to feel as confident in the running game over time. And that's going to make them more one dimensional. And then defensively, they have not been strong against the run in any games. Um, you talk about like the Eagles game. It's not that they were strong against the run. We just decided to throw the ball all game instead of running the ball. When we were running, we were getting, you know, we, we averaged like four and a half, five yards a carry in the game. We just abandoned the run game. Um, Gardner Minshew missed a few throws that had he made that I don't think Brock Purdy would miss, we would have won that game. So I think that you're looking at a guy in Brock Purdy who um, knows what he's going to be up against with the Dallas Cowboys. He's got a lot of veterans around here who are instilling the knowledge in him and saying, hey, on these plays, when you see these reads, just give me the freaking ball and I got you. Right? You see this, dump the ball off. You've got McCaffrey as a safety valve anytime you're in trouble. You've got George Kittle who cannot be taken down by one player pretty much anywhere so you have a lot of different dangerous weapons on that team uh so the 49ers are going to be a formidable opponent um and i don't think Dallas is going to be able to overcome what they do but i do think they're going to be able to make it closer than most people give them credit for and if you can keep a game close you never really know
2: yeah and i i i i think you're absolutely right about that i mean the fact that and i've just been so impressed with Brock Purdy because of the fact of like number one he's a he's a four year college student out of Iowa state and mm-hmm. he and he and and he had some really, really good offenses. I mean, the fact that Brees Hall came out the way he did, you know, right. with Jets and was successful. Um, and he had several other um other offensive weapons that he really threw to and was building his confidence behind that. And I think having to be a late round pick, which it's funny, you watch these AFC quarterbacks and they're all first round talents, and then you look at the NFC, and all they are is they're about hidden gems, they're not about, you know, like first round talent, but I will say this. I think maybe this year, maybe the time to change that because I think, (laughs) you know, you, you've got Bryce young, you got CJ Stroud and you got Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. And we say this all the time, only four quarterbacks that come into this league. There's bound to be one. That'll be a bust. I mean, we saw the year before where Trevor Lawrence was a number one pick. Zach Wilson was clearly the bust. Justin Fields. If he gets a better situation in Chicago, um, He'll be bound to be a better quarterback. And Mm -hmm. then you watch this past year. It was kind of hard because of the fact of Kenny Pickett was the star, and I think he'll be better in Pittsburgh. And then the rest of them, like Desmond Ritter, he's a nice kid, but I don't see him being a future in Atlanta. And then Matt Corral, I haven't seen him much. So I don't know what we may get out of him. He he could be coming out of the gate next year, and he could be good.
0: We did see one game out of Sam Howell; It was pretty impressive.
2: That was very impressive. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I think Washington. So that brings me to my point, too, with um the NFC East. So I knew the Eagles moving into this season and the Cowboys, they were going to be the two competitors. I wasn't sure about uh, the Giants and Washington. And then they just completely blew us away. Um, Washington, I think, needs a better situation. Now, I did get reports. They are sticking with Carson Wentz this year, which honestly, please. Like, let's. Like, at the very least, can we stop hating on this man? Because I I, I know it sucks in a situation because of the fact of, well, he went from, you know, Philadelphia and then went to Indianapolis and he went, goes to Washington. And I'm like, is he going to go anywhere else and he's not going to be loved? Like, it, it's so hard to do that when you're just looking at the situation around you and, and he's got great weapons. So it's not like you couldn't make this work. They just got to get more pieces around him. So, and then Brian Dable comes in with the giants and they were six and one to start the bat to start the season. And it's just unbelievable to watch this division. How impressed were you with this division now? Like through this year, knowing that the Eagles and the Cowboys are going to be competitive, but then to see the giants and the commanders, I mean, that, that makes you excited for what next year it's going to bring.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm disappointed in commanders for Carson Wentz. And I will tell you this, this and this, these are the places that he has a problem. talent, he may be the best talented quarterback in the division, but heart and brain. That's where he's um, that's where he's lacking at. Um had they stuck with Taylor Haneke, mm-hmm. they would have been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They were bad with Carson Wentz. They took him out, they put a less talented guy in that the team loved, that has the heart, the desire, that has the good mental capacity. And they were winning games they got themselves into the playoffs, then they made a poor decision to bring back the guy who always turns the ball over who can't finish out games and it pushed them back down out of the playoffs. So lesson that they still haven't learned if they're going to bring him back is he's not the guy for you Mm -hmm. you're not going to win because your locker room does not he does not endear himself to the locker rooms. If you, It doesn't matter how much talent you have. If the guys around you don't want to go out there and die for you, sacrifice for you, make the extra plays for you, then what's the problem? I think the commanders could use um help at a tight end. They have uh, two good running backs. They have three solid receivers, right?
2: And so, they haven't had a healthy tight end since Chris Cooler. Yeah,
0: right. Seriously, yeah. But if they can get a tight end and the rest of the weapons that are there, if you put a guy back there, if you put Taylor Heineke back there next year, this is a playoff team. And not because he's more talented, but because they will play for him. He has the it factor of a NFL quarterback. Wentz does not have that. You can't make a guy have what he doesn't have. He's got talent. But if you can't evaluate the way he played this year and what your team did around him versus what they did for Heineken versus what they did for Sam Howell, then you have a problem as an organization, and that's why you're going to always be the team while everyone else is good to not be good. Right know, when you talk about the Giants, I think Daniel Jones is a guy that they need to figure out a way to sign um, maybe to a one- or two-year deal and see how it works out for both teams. Um, definitely wide receiver. You know, yeah, the Giants, well, 100%. Gotta, you got to go draft the wide receiver. You got to go sign two wide receivers in free agency. You got to get rid of Kenny Galladay.
2: It, oh, it, God, yes. That contract has just been nothing but just it's been a complete anchor as to what, you know, they're supposed to be. And it's just, I, I, I.
0: Quite the albatross that contract was for him. Yeah. But you thought it would work out. Obviously it didn't. And, you know, he was only, what, like 72 catches away from getting his bonus, man? Only 72 catches? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's definitely not a fit for that team. I mean, mm-hmm. I would trade him for a smoking a pancake if I were them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, bottle of Corona, whatever, you know. Bag of Doritos, <laughs> whatever, whatever you guys want to give us for him. I would definitely get rid of him. And I think he may be better somewhere else. But I think um, you have Dale Jones. If you can keep Saquon Barkley healthy, I love Matt Breida as his backup because Breida is a guy that from San Francisco, from a running team, um, doesn't have to be the starter, but when you give him opportunities, he'll make plays. Um, and then obviously we know Dallas, we know Philly, right? We hear about them all the time. You know, yep. The media is either dogging them or loving them, depending on what's happening that specific week. But I think that the, the next few years I think is going to be what is the Giants and the commanders going to do. If they can – make themselves a little bit better every year. This is going to be a formidable division. There won't be any more talk of NFC Least. We will continue to be the NFC Beast.
2: Yeah, and I mean, looking at him with the potentiality, I mean, I just love how Brian Dable came into this scenario. And the Giants, they've had one winning season in 10 years. And then the fact that he comes in and reshapes this organization with what he's got. I mean, the fact that he comes from a pedigree of a lot of NFL teams and worked with a lot of uh, NFL uh, quarterback calipers, like even like Josh Allen, and then to come in and get Daniel Jones. And I, I think after watching his game against Minnesota, that is very deserving of a two-year contract. I think because he looked different. He was mm-hmm. running the football. He was opening up plays for the offense. Now, it's unfortunate coming against you know Philadelphia, and it's like a roadblock, but yeah. still, I look at that situation, and I'm like, he can work for this offense, but I think two years, it'll give you time to evaluate that next year to see, is he potentially the guy? And then at that point, you can then reevaluate if something else you know goes wrong, and then you could just kind of move off this uh, scenario. But yeah. um, it's funny you mentioned with the tight end because you know what? If I'm Washington and I just watched the national championship, I am looking at that kid, Brock Bowers, up at Georgia, and I think he Very could- quickly. Oh, yeah. very, very quickly. I think he's fierce. I think he's built differently, and I think that would be entertaining watching the Commanders having that kind of tight end. Because yeah, they haven't had a successful one since Chris Cooley. Mm-hmm. And the the whole offense, I think, with Cam, <coughs> even with Terry McLaurin and a couple of these guys, they work really, really well. It's having to get the right play caller and um and the right you know, the right quarterback to set this up. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I mean, and again. It is unfortunate with Carson Wentz. And the only reason why that I say, because I mean, I watched the situation in Indianapolis and Jim or is just, he's on another different level and you can let go of a guy with 27 touchdowns and seven picks, but still, I mean, you got to have the right situation at hand and if this don't work with Carson Wentz, yeah, I think you got to kind of move off. Now you do have Sam Howell and you do have a couple of the guys, but Washington's going to at some point get this right but yeah I I just look at the East and because a lot of people talked so heavily about the West that they don't even pay attention to what the East is and I think now they're kind of sitting in their radar. So now it's like the the everybody in the East all performed very massively and they were exceptional. I thought it was great but um watching throughout the rest of the playoffs I mean so this was my big thing going into Uh, the show, Kansas City and Jacksonville, Kansas City. uh, Patrick Mahomes is just a one of a kind. It doesn't matter if his ankle is hurting or whatnot, but he's got a a really, really good veteran backup in Chad Henney, who's just Mm going to make plays. And Andy Reid, 10 playoff wins in two organizations, the Chiefs and the Eagles. And it's like you're just watching a head coach who's just a beautiful play designer and is somebody that just, he gets it. I mean, we've watched bill Belichick for years. We watched Mike Tomlin watching Andy Reid for years. Now, I think he's really stepped into that role where he is just more than elite. He's just that kind of coach. Um, now it is unfortunate because Jacksonville, when Trevor Lawrence throws a pick, they're two and 12. I mean, it is unfortunate. And the only big win was that 27 point choker from the chargers which yeah. was the one big win, but I, I don't know. As I'm looking at the Bengals and the Bills, I mean, they both have issues. The Bengals are banged up on offensive line. Now I, I'm keeping the, the thought of, well, they didn't make the Super Bowl without one. Yeah, And, and Buffalo, they're kind of banged and dinged up a little bit, but they're playing with a lot of heart. Um, does it kind of feel like that this whole pathway to the Super Bowl is it simple for Kansas City, or maybe do they have a competition up in front of them if it's either the Bengals or Bills?
0: So here's the thing with that. <clears throat> so also want to just say, well, Andy Reid, he's learned to run the ball more. In yep. Philadelphia, he did not run the ball in situations where he really shouldn't. He mismanaged the clock. Yeah. He's corrected those things for the most part since he's been in Kansas City. So that's why he's had that little bit level of higher success there as far as Super Bowls, uh winning Super Bowls. Um but to answer your question, I think the biggest thing is if they play both, if they play Buffalo, they're in Atlanta. So the Chiefs don't have home field advantage. Right. So that's a huge thing because this is a, they're going to be playing in a dome. Um, they're not going to be in the element. So that's going to play into Buffalo. We do know that Josh Allen has uh, an issue with his uh, elbow. He's been playing through it, but we know that that's affecting the way he throws and he doesn't look like the same quarterback since then. Um, I think with Cincinnati, you're gonna take that team out into those elements with no line. I think you're you I don't think Joe Burrow will finish that game. Right. I just think he would get knocked out just by the cornucopia hits he's gonna take. Because <laughs> they're gonna just blitz all day. You know, they're gonna say, Hey, you're gonna beat us a couple of times. It is what it is. We are going to put the fear of God in your quarterback and make him want to get rid of that ball too quickly. So I think that's what would happen in that situation. But I think if you look at Buffalo in a dome against Kansas city, I think we're looking at a very tight game because you're taking all of the benefits away. Now you could be helping Mahomes a little bit because of the ankle, but I think you're helping um, Josh Allen. You're helping a lot of the other players that are dinged up or beat up a little bit on Buffalo playing inside that dome and control situations. So I think you're looking at a very strong game. um, If that does happen, Um, it's kind of unfortunate what, what, caused it to happen with hamlin and i think also those guys are playing for Hamlin, right and i think when you have the guy to play for Mm -hmm. you just figure out ways to overcome some deficiencies back to the eagles in 2017 a lot of injuries a lot of guys that should have been contributing to us winning a championship they weren't able to play but we were able to just band together and we had something to fight for so i think um buffalo would be the one opponent that kansas city should be wary of and their defense is pretty good the offensive line it's not the greatest either, but it's going to be good enough where they can't just tee off on uh, Josh Allen all game. And Josh Allen's a big, a big man. Oh yeah, you know, he'll take that ball and run with it and run you over. I don't like seeing him do that because I think you you shorten your career when you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people love it. It's exciting to see. And I mean, if you're going to do it, it's trying to win a Super Bowl. It's you know it's AFC Championship game, um, Super Bowl. That's what you that's when you laid out in line. If you have a short career but you win a Super Bowl. You know, you're looked at a lot highly regarded than a guy that played 15 years but never won a Super Bowl.
2: That's true, and and it it is all it's an all or nothing mentality. And I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I would be very interested to see how that plays out, and we'll get a chance to see who will be victorious today between the Bengals and the Bills. I mean, I, it was such a tough game because I love both those quarterbacks. They're both yeah. elite in different ways, and they just know how to distribute the football and man the offense. Um, so, um, before we go. Who are you really leaning towards to possibly face into the championship next week, Cowboys or the Niners?
0: I'm expecting the Niners to win. I don't have a preference um, because I feel like if you're going to win, you got to go through whoever's in front of you. There's no like, oh, I want the easiest team. No, just give me whoever's going to be there. Let's see what happens. Um, Hopefully, whichever team it is, we can go out there and win. I don't care if it's by 20. I don't care if it's by two. I don't care if it's by one. I don't care if it's by three. As long as we have more points at the end of the game, I'm happy.
2: All right. Well, there you go, folks. You got exactly all the words from Cool McCain as well. Excited for the Philadelphia Eagles and continuing to be the underdogs that they are. Appreciate you stopping by. Where can people find you on social medias?
0: So um, you can find me on YouTube at Eagles Elite Podcast. Uh, We have that on Tuesday nights, excuse me, on Wednesday nights at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. Um, P.M. Eastern. Wow early in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and thank God it's uh, only a Sunday. Absolutely. And um you can find me on Tuesdays. Jake is uh on there during the season as well with the NFL matchup madness. That's on play forward slash live. Also on Play Callers on Friday nights at seven thirty PM Eastern time. Saturday nights back on the Eagles Elite. Um you can find my NFC B show. Um I have other Guys that are contributors for the other NFC East teams, we all get together to talk about the division, what's happening with different things. We're actually going to be doing our show tonight um, instead of last night because we were preempted by the Eagles game. We weren't going to miss that, but um, mm-hmm. so yeah, man, just a lot of different places, and also no one likes us, and we don't care. Eagles motto: We live by it.
2: There you go. Well, it's going to be some exciting stuff. I, I I'm just amped up about you know the road to the Super Bowl is really really going to be. And I think it's going to be a fun one for sure. But really pulling for you guys. Thank you so much for joining me here up on the show. Have a great rest of the weekend. And we'll definitely see who the Eagles might end up having to face against come next week in championship weekend. Have a good one, Cool. Appreciate you coming by.
0: Uh, no problem. Whoever it is next week, just remember, you did great to get to the championship game, but you're going home.
2: <laughs> there you go. All right. Yeah. Cool. McCain, you know, very, very knowledgeable guy really does know a lot of his stuff. And I, I love, um, you know, I absolutely love coming up onto the show, especially on the play callers, um, talk show because it's, it's all the the 32 NFL teams represented. So it's a fun show. I love coming up onto there, but yeah, I mean, the Eagles, they just didn't stop them. They just didn't miss a beat. And Jalen hurts was really, really productive. He really played well to his strengths. And I think at the end of the day, you're watching that right in front of you. And I think having to see that with what they are, I think it's really going to be exciting to see what, who they face off against. Cause I think that that Niners and, and Eagles game is what I think all of us as the fans are waiting for. Like that is, that is purely and simply two of the best top-notch teams that both have hidden gems as quarterbacks. Both have really good de- defenses and they got really good offenses too. And I think that's just as elite that anybody else could even think of in this position. So it'll be really interesting to see how this really, really runs on. Alrighty folks, that's going to do it for me here on the snake sports talk show. Of Pre- Special shout outs to pay rock Hopkins and of course, Cole McCain for joining us here on the show. Stopping by appreciate them getting their thoughts onto their uh, teams as well and getting all the fresh perspective. I appreciate it. If you guys haven't done so already, as you said, like, follow, subscribe, hit the bell button for all latest notifications, and we're on all platforms here in Las Vegas, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and iHeartRadio, and we're on all audio podcasts as well. I encourage you guys, leave a review, leave a comment, leave everything that you want on the show because it's you the fans that make this show happen so next week episode 150 it's coming upon us guys so i'm excited for the show you don't want to end up missing that so definitely tune in next next weekend with championship weekend upon us as we get geared for the super bowl so Thank you guys so much for joining me here up on the show. Take care of yourselves and have a great rest of your weekend. And we'll see you on the next edition of the A-Sports